Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Wright here with Tim Beadle. And we're going to go a little more introspective today, talking about on the personal level, uh, personal growth and development, particularly as it relates to the issue of retreats. Retreats being seen by some people as a core spiritual discipline by others or at other stages in their life, something completely absent. So that's what we're going to dig into today about how we grow and develop through personal retreats. And so, Tim, why don't you just uh, uh, dig into that and just talk about uh, how this does relate to making disciples growing as a personal disciple of Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Darren. You know, when we look to the life of Jesus, uh, it's hard not to realize that on a regular basis, he retreated from life, from the world, as it were, from the disciples. They actually had to sometimes come looking for him. But it became a rhythm in his life uh, to get away and apart from... Can you just imagine being Jesus walking through the crowds? Everyone wants a piece of you. Mm -hmm. And uh, he models to us, and that's one of the reasons he came uh, to us, you know, Emmanuel, God with us, is to model uh, a God, not only a God-centered, but a God-balanced life. Now, as we dive into to, uh, this topic today, I've got to tell you, uh, I'm a type A personality, and, and this is one of the harder things that I found personally to make uh, into a ongoing rhythm. Uh, you know, there are seasons when I'm really good at this. There's other seasons when it seems, uh, boy, uh, I'm hoping that, God, that the Lord catches up with me because I'm doing so much mm. for him <laughs> type of thing, so... <laughs> And, and uh, you know, some of us who are type A's, you know, Andy Stanley says, you know, when I bow to hit my head to pray, it's like uh, in my mind, there's a banana tree that's just been uh, discovered by a, a whole bunch of uh, monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and so so how, how do we quiet ourselves? How do we build into our life and schedules a, a time, uh, not that we're doing anything for God in this, but but he's just willing and wanting us to spend time apart with him. Uh, do, do you have some rhythms that you've developed, uh, Darren, over the years? Yeah, I, I've had some that I've developed and dropped and redeveloped. And I may have mentioned recently on a podcast on the micro level, I've been using this pause app from the Wild at Heart people that twice a day uh, reminds me to pause. And it walks through a guided one, three, five, or 10-minute reflection, time of prayer, time of offering ourselves back to the Lord. And I've, I've been doing that now for a few months. And that in itself on a daily level, just a retreat in the middle of my day, uh, has been helpful. It's been helpful in reminding me of God's presence and the fact that I am dependent on Him. So that's a micro-level one for me. Distinct from, quote, personal devotions, yeah. it's really more of an integration of recognizing God's presence through the day. Yeah, especially um, depending on your lifestyle, your station in life. I know parents with young children, it's like, it's funny, anytime, especially with preschoolers, anytime just to be uh, apart from family when you're not totally exhausted is a challenge in itself. Uh, but as Darren mentioned, there are a lot of tools that can lead you into what some people call a daily office, a time when you just attend to spiritual matters in your own heart. I know uh, one app that I have, uh, put out by uh, Dan Spader's organization, uh, you know, just like Jesus. Uh, 
I have uh, different circles of people that I pray for each day. And again, it, it reminds me throughout the day to just pause and pray for different people, those yet to find Jesus, those who are new in their faith, those who perhaps would be more colleagues. But uh, I think there has to be a decision in our hearts uh, to realize that we have to get away, however that looks like, and spend time uh, with the Lord one-on-one. Because uh, that's what he's really looking for. He he wants to make sure that he he's on the throne of our life. We use that imagery in the past that um, he's our master and Lord. And uh, you know, my little grandkids every once in a while when they when they see me being distracted, they say, "Grandpa, Grandpa, look at my face. Look in my face." <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Because they they can tell I'm distracted. And and uh, personal retreats are a time to look into the face of the Lord. Mm. Amen. Yeah. You position yourself and realize that you have no other agenda than just to spend time uh, with him and learn to discern uh, what he is saying to me personally. I'm, I'm working on a discernment uh, project in our church where, you know, we're, we're probably in the next eight months, we'll be seeking a new lead pastor and everyone's saying, well, when when's a new lead pastor coming? When, and, and that's not the question to ask. The, the question to ask is, what does God want to accomplish in my life and in the mm-hmm. life of our church family to prepare us for uh, whoever he will send our way? And in the same way with personal retreats, it's uh, a time uh, to just be with the Lord, not to impress him because he can't. He knows every heart uh, murmur that is yours, every uh, sort of word that's on your lips before you say it. But just to regain a, a symmetry and equilibrium with, with, with God's heart and ours through his spirit. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's really good, Tim. You know, um, the opposite extreme from the, the little micro ones I mentioned, in my ideal year, I try to take four quarterly retreats. Yeah. Okay. And, and for me, those are two-nighters because that gives me a full day with a sleep on either side. And I usually get in two or three of those, <laughs> you know, and, and depending on the geography, because my preference is actually to go outside and do it, to do it camping, to canoe down a river. Yeah. My favorite place was when I lived in Hinton, Alberta, I would jump on my canoe at a bridge, canoe down. It was 40 minutes to an island yeah. and I would camp on an island for two days. And, and most of the time I do that on a Sunday afternoon till a Tuesday morning. And okay. Almost every time a thunderstorm would roll in in the afternoon, I have a great sleep in the tent to start out. But for me, that quarterly retreat, that unrushed time, that's what I've discovered, Tim, for me, whether it's daily or the quarterly, the key is unrushed time. Yeah, that's right. Unrushed time with the Lord, where, where I'm not on an agenda, where I'm not on the clock, where, you know, I'm not interrupted by something to break, you know, to break out of that moment where if I have a, a thought or the Lord speaks to me in some way, I can reflect on it for an hour or two. Yeah. You know, for me, that's really what a retreat is about. I'll often go in, maybe we can talk in a, in a few minutes about best practices for those kind of retreats. But for me, you know, that quarterly retreat has been huge. They've been times of discernment, times of rest. I recall one time I did a quarterly retreat and I was so wound up in ministry at the time and so busy in life that I went to that island and I was there Sunday afternoon all day Monday, Monday night, and I did not unwind till Tuesday morning. Yeah. I did not feel the tension release till then. That's how I wound up. And that meant I was probably overdue, not just for a quarterly one, but for some weekly release as well. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's wonderful to hear. You know, someone said, you know, 
based on the model of Jesus and even the, the Ten Commandments, you know, uh, that Sabbath experience was designed to help us unplug from the busyness of the business of life. Uh, someone once said, you know, give God the first hour of your day and the first day of the week, and and then it w- went on from there type of thing. Uh, but the principle is, is that in the rhythm of life, uh, to develop yourself personally in your intimate relationship with the Lord, uh, you have to be in touch with Him on a deeper level than just checking off another box on the agenda of things to do. Uh, he's just such a... A beloved father, Jesus said, I don't call you servants, I call you my friend. And I don't know how much time you spend with friends, but uh, I'm friendly with everyone. i got a very few close friends, and it just delights my heart when I communicate with them Mm -hmm. and just get to know what's on their mind, on their heart. And I think it's it's the same with the Lord. Um, You know, principles never change, and and, and there are some tools that I have used, and we can go in, in that direction. Uh, early as a teenager, I was exposed to, uh, it's called My Heart Christ Home uh, by mm-hmm. Ro- Robert Munger. Now, he, he wrote this when I was like seven, <laughs> and I'm over 60 now. But it's such a beautiful picture uh, when he talks about, you know, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, where it says, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of God and that God's spirit lives in you? And it, and it carries on this theme uh, about how God wants to settle down into your heart and take up residence there. Uh, he says, you know, in, in Ephesians 3.16, uh, that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner person, the inner man, and that Jesus may dwell in your hearts by faith. The beautiful picture. Or another one is translated that Jesus may settle down and be at home in your hearts. By faith. And, and, and this article actually, it goes through an inventory of your life and the different areas of your life. And he sort of equates them to different rooms in your house. And he sort of unpacks them a little bit. Like he talks about the theater of your mind. Uh, some of these big houses, they have their own little home theaters. But, but, but what's playing in your mind? And, and, and so I use this as a, as a regular tool to talk about. He goes into the library in terms of like, like what are you feeding on in terms of reading? Uh, he talks about your appetites in the kitchen. Like where, where are the desires? Uh, but the beautiful thing is that when you come to the end of this, uh, this uh, article, it talks about uh, two things. Number one, there's sort of the fireplace sitting room. Hmm. And it gives the uh, picture of Jesus every morning. And as we sort of enter into winter now, He's sitting there in a room with two chairs, and he occupies one of them. There's like a crackling fireplace going. And if you're a coffee guy, yeah, he's got he's got the, the coffee thing going as well. But he's waiting for you to sit with him and just spend time with him. And uh, many times when I've been too busy, that picture has caused me to, uh, to arrest my uh, daily busyness and realize that every morning, as it were, that's symbolic because the Lord's with us all the time. But as it were, start start the day off with the Lord, and that's a great way to start with Him. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. So in a way, I mean, you're talking about on the daily level retreating. That is such a rich picture of the fireplace and the two chairs and the visit, and that you know speaks to the unrushed, you know, the unrushed nature of it as well, and and how really it also you know that that book, My Heart Christ Home could be the structure for a retreat. It is. You could yeah, actually yeah. use that little booklet yeah. and it's, it's 
so based on principles that it's not dated in my mind at all. No. You could actually walk through that. And in a way it is about getting Christ to settle at home in your heart, but it's also a great application Romans 12 of offering ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. That's right. Because, you know, at risk of giving away the punchline of the book, the way the book lands is Jesus asked for the title deed to the I know, house. That's right. You yeah, know. exactly. And that's the whole key of it, isn't it? You're not putting in time with Jesus. You're reminding yourself and him that, that he is the Lord of your life. He has sway. His will has sway over you. Uh, another thing that I've used uh, regularly over the years on spiritual retreats is um, just to help guide me through some introspective thought um, is actually doing a, it's, it's a, a prayer inventory mm. uh, where there's 14, 14 questions and you have to answer them yes or no. <laughs> there's no like uh, monkeying around the bushes here. It's either <laughs> yes or no. And uh, basically, like, like the, last, the last of the 14 questions, I think, is the one that's the most powerful that probably uh, I find myself thinking about more and more. And it's simply this. Have I left my first love for Jesus? Hmm. Like, that's a powerful question, right? Oh, especially when you have to give it a yes or no. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, if my wife said, Beetle, look in my eyes and said, am I still the first love of your life, obviously apart from Jesus. Like, like that's a yes or no. This isn't, uh, uh, because it's, as soon as you can't say yes, then the answer is no. And, and uh, uh, just other really helpful short questions, uh, like even am I guilty of prayerlessness? You know, have I neglected God's word on a regular basis? Is there, is Have I failed to be a consistent witness? Like when we talk about disciple making, being salt and light, uh, but it goes it goes deeper than that into those areas that sometimes we have to admit uh, we're holding on to things like is there anyone I haven't forgiven? Uh, mm-hmm. Is there a spirit of anger or bitterness in my heart? So so that's just a tool. And uh, if you want to email me, uh, I'm easy to get a hold of <laughs> at ibankdisciples at gmail dot com. I will actually send you a copy of this. I'll send you a copy. Uh, just because I'm, I'm handing, I just did this with our staff last month on a, on a, on a uh, morning retreat where I sent them away to work through this inventory. Mm, oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Send me that and I'll put a link sure. to it and I'll, I'll yeah. upload it, put a link for people in the podcast. That reminds me a bit of an inventory I've used. There's one I got from Charles Finney, oh, yeah. uh, one of one of his books, and it's uh, Sins of Omission and Commission. So yeah, things you, you have done and haven't done. And there's 23 of them. And, uh, you know, depending on how tight your walk has been with the Lord, those 23 questions can be a retreat in themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've actually, I've actually done it as a sermon one time and, uh, you know, walk, just walked through the inventory and got a lot of, uh, good natured flack from people for preaching a 23 point sermon. Yeah. But for myself, it's been a very formative inventory because it is such a thorough house cleaning back to the house metaphor, such yeah. a thorough house cleaning the deals with stuff that can be interfering with that intimacy that we're seeking when we do these retreats. Yeah. yeah. I know, you know, the, the proverbial image of the uh, husband who takes home flowers to his wife that he's probably neglected, hasn't spent time with her. Um, and she throws them in the garbage can because it, it, it is, she doesn't want the flowers. She wants the love mm-hmm. of her husband back uh, in, in relationship as it were. And now for those of you who said, well, you know, this all sounds really spiritual and all that. Can I, can I just give you one, good, easy question to start with a time away with the Lord. And mm-hmm. and this question was posed uh, to me 
probably around 17 years ago when I was trained uh, to be a coach, a church coach, how to ask good questions. And this is the primary question that I've entrusted to leaders and pastors over the year in a personal way. They always want to talk about the church. I want to talk about them. And at that time, I had a mentor myself, and he he said, oh, how are you doing? I said, well, trying to lose 10 pounds, you know, just putting on a bit of weight. He says, why do you want to lose 10 pounds? He says, well, because I want to be healthy. And then he said this question, Darren, and it changed my life. He said this, what does a healthy Tim Beetle look like? Oh, wow. Yeah, powerful question. And he wasn't just talking about health. He was talking about, if you look at the, you know, like the petals of a, a flower, uh, and, and if you were to, to, to sort of uh, uh, draw this out, and, and one of the petals is your physical health, then another financial, spiritual, emotional, uh, professional, familial, your family, uh, your friends, social. And then you had to, first of all, just map out what your flower would look like. Uh, mm. Is it dwarfed in certain areas? And then start writing and just thinking through, and this is what I would challenge our, our, our listeners here today, start writing down what a healthy you looks like. Wow. Yeah, and and obviously the, the spiritual component. See, the problem with these, uh, sometimes the retreats is, you know, we get all spiritual for a couple of days <laughs> every quarter, but then the experience is lost because it's not integrated into life. Mm. This question forces you to take a realistic and holistic view of yourself. Um, like like right now in my life, you know, um, uh, you know, I have cancer, terminal cancer, as it were. It's chronic. And sometimes I find myself uh, nosediving emotionally mm-hmm. because that, that's what comes out of this condition. And if I just ignore it and try to be spiritual during that time, Darren, I feel like a total failure <laughs> mm. and I'm tired. But when I try to keep these things in balance, uh, because God has created us, you know, body, soul, and spirit. And so that's one um, simple question that's profoundly impactful and a great place to start uh, hmm. in terms of just spending some time thinking about yourself, your life, where you want to be, and then sharing it with the Lord and inviting him into each area of your life. Oh, that is such a good question, Tim. I, I'm going to use that. I mean, that that would, could be a retreat in itself. Yeah, I know. You know, and I would, I would, you know, I would pair that another single focus point that I've often used is simply Psalm 139. Yeah. You know, you. search me, O God, and know my yeah. heart. Yeah. You know, and that's in a way, even the Finney inventory or some of these other ones yeah. really are asking that question in a detailed way. And it's just, you know, opening your heart up to the voice of the spirit and the word yeah. and allowing God to do his work in you and making you more like Jesus. Yeah, you know, uh, that prayer inventory that I, I'll send to you uh, at the top of that is that verse from Psalm 139, 23. Mm. You know, search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, when we ask God to search me, really, uh, he already knows what's inside, but we're actually giving, we're handing over, as it were, permission, uh, the uh, the will, the ownership papers to our heart, and then to try me. Uh, not only search me, but but push back, Father, on on those mm. things that don't align. Uh, in terms, of, and it starts in the thought life, right? Because our thoughts, like in the world today, like our thoughts, we're being bombarded. <laughs> like, and then it says, and if there be any now, the way wicked it seems pretty dynamic. But if there's any way that's in me that's not aligned to you, uh, we don't leave it there. But we ask the Lord to lead us in. The way everlasting, and that—that's where the hope comes from. This as well, great. Yeah, that—that's—that's that's a great verse. Yeah. Oh yeah, 
I'm always surprised how specific the Lord gets when we ask that question. You know, when the Spirit speaks, he's specific. Just, I'll say, just to date him. I, there was a book I was recommended to me um, in the marketing world, and I, I started reading it, and it was um, it was okay. But as the book went on, I became more and more uncomfortable with this direction and underlying philosophy. Mm-hmm. And this morning, as I was uh, just up early and thinking, I said, you know what? I've just got to delete this thing off my Kindle. Mm-hmm. And delete it permanently. So if I wanted again, I have to buy it. I just, it's not just off. And for me, it was an immediate point of freedom. And it was just a, such a very specific thing that Lord has put his finger on. And I just love when you respond to his voice, what that does for your soul. There you go. Now, some of you may say, there's just no way I'm just too busy to do this stuff. Mm. And uh, if that's where you're coming from, which is a common viewpoint, uh, I just want to give you one more resource that maybe will change the uh, focus and the posture of your heart. Uh, and again, an, another really old, uh, it's called The Tyranny of the Urgent. Many of you will have heard this you know, by Charles Hummel. This this was written back in the 50s. It was, uh, they, they were, yeah, wow. yeah, they revised it in the 90s. And, and basically he talks about, you know, have you ever wished for a 30-hour day? Surely this extra time would relieve the uh, tr- tremendous pressure under which we live. But, you know, for so many of us, our lives are so they leave a trail of unfinished tasks and unanswered letters, uh, you know, unanswered emails, unvisited friends, and we always feel like we're behind. And and the point of this is it's probably because of our our priorities are jumbled or misplaced. Hmm. And and for us to truly honor the desire of the Lord to to meet with us, you know, you know, Jesus to the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane says, "Yeah, couldn't you just watch with me for one hour?" Like they were physically tired. And I, I think that, that's the question that God desires to meet with us. And if any other, uh, you know, celebrity this side of heaven called you up and said, Hey, I'd like to get together with you. We would, we would drop everything for that mm. opportunity. And, and here we, we have this invitation of the Lord and the example of Jesus. And as we've said throughout our um, disciple making podcast, you know, whoever claims to be in Christ must, must walk as he did. Uh, you know, there's not too many times in the Bible where it says must, like you must be born again. But here's another one that you must walk as Jesus did. And Jesus walked with a pattern where he withdrew and retreated with his father. Any any closing uh, thoughts there, Darren? Oh, yeah. I mean, we could we could go deeper. I would encourage people to dig in. There's so many good resources on retreats. Yeah. You know, there's uh, uh, we could talk best practices and things, yeah. you know, just a couple little nuggets I would say for people. Make sure the word is a part of your retreat. Yeah, yeah. I often read a, a passage of scripture that I feel less familiar with. Often, you know, a minor prophet or, or uh, you know, something in Ezekiel or Jeremiah or a whole book. Uh, it's always good going into retreat, especially an extended one, to have a focal point, a question, or a reason for it. Again, rest or seeking direction. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, Tim, whether it's daily or the big quarterly retreat, for me generally, for it to actually make a difference. What I learn, what the Lord says to me, needs to make it onto my calendar or to-do list in some way. That's right. That there's some outflowing application of it. It may not be, you know, a huge, you know, multi-hour task, but just something that changes my routine or something I'm doing, um, then then that really gives legs to it. Basically, it's hearing the voice of the Lord and responding, making sure I'm actually responding and changing something. Yeah, and that's and that's a posture of a heart, a discerning heart. And uh, in, in discernment, what I'm learning is God is always active. 
He's always active. Mm. Every day he's active in my life. Uh, have I developed the discipline to listen and then to respond to what he's saying to me? And and that's a posture of retreat from the busyness of life. So whether you go away for a couple of days uh, or an hour here or there, just the challenge goes out today to make it a practice. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it does change your life and it allows the roots of your heart to go deep, way deep. Yeah. So that uh, when you go into the world and make disciples and make disciples, uh, you're doing it out of a, a groundswell of an intimate relationship with one who loves you and wants to give you all that your heart desires in his time and all mm. that you need. So oh, amen. that's probably a oh, good well, place please. to land today there, uh, Darren. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I sort of feel like going and have a little retreat right now. <laughs> Exactly. You it know, just reminds yeah. you of, of the beauty of it, right? Yeah. I mean, retreating, the part, I mean, the point of retreating is to abide in Christ, which makes us more like him, allowing us to hear his voice and respond. And that's what it means. I mean, being a disciple is following Jesus. So right. retreating, large scale, small scale, is about recalibrating and following yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So I think that's a great place to land yeah. as well, Tim. So let's, uh, let's land there. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, this is Disciple Making. I'm Darren Ride with Tim Beadle. There should be some links to some of these things we've talked about in the show notes. Just encourage you to pause even right now and yep. create some space to hear from and respond to the voice of the Spirit. And may God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.